As the time came near for his crucial days, it's time to depart from his usual ways. So Jesus leaves Galilee and he heads down south, though he knows he's heading to the lion's mouth. He sets his face to go to Jerusalem, the city of peace that's waiting for him, though the temple police will be waiting for him and a wooden cross piece will be measured for him. I suppose that he knows, but he goes. He's opposed, he's exposed. He knows they are closed, but he goes, like Elijah or Elisha. He leaves his base, sets his face, towards that fateful place. He gets that death is his destiny. Still, still he goes, but at least he has company. His disciples are forming an advanced crew to make sure he's able to pass through. So his people head to some Samaritan town. They want to stay, but the Samaritans turn them down. There are lines that can't be crossed, borders where hope is lost. What a loss. What a cost. We make boundaries tight. That's not always right. But we're afraid and we lose sight of the light. We fight. James and John think they have a solution. They propose execution. Something warlike. More like an airstrike. Let us command fire to come down from the sky. Fire from on high. Like Elijah will try, they'll die. Fire that will reach them, that will teach them. And Jesus says, What? Are you nuts? According to Luke, he rebukes, That's absurd. Have you heard me preach and teach? Virus, violence spirals. It's viral. Check the Bible. It's not ours to purge or pillage. Can we just go to a different village? Can't we just go? to a different village. There is nothing new about crossing borders. You know that, I know that. There's nothing new about people crossing those borders, close, closing those borders, closing their hearts, closing our minds. I spent this week on the U.S.-Mexico border. Next week, I want to share more of my thoughts and experiences along with some of the students who came there with me. We witnessed the impact of decades of dirty war and violence in Central America, much of which you and I paid for, our tax dollars at work, in the name of fighting communism. We saw the result of our country's hunger for drugs, our need for weed, in terms of the corruption and devastation and danger that people face in Mexico, some of which we've been learning about closer to home during the El Chapo trial. We met people who love this country, our country, so much that they're willing to face danger and rejection and captivity and deportation just to come here, to be here, to live here and contribute to this land of ours. We met couples who were driven here by violence and the threat of violence. Like Moses and the children of Israel, they crossed the water, they crossed the Rio Grande, led by coyotes far less benevolent and selfless than Moses. We met families whose only desire is to live together in safety 
who are stopped not so much by the wall, the wall that's already there, by the way, but by fear and suspicion and selfishness. Okay. More on that next week. Jesus encounters, in this scripture that we read together, encounters that same fear and smallness. He, he sends his disciples across the border, this invisible boundary that sets off Samaria from the rest of Palestine. And it doesn't work out very well, does it? We don't know exactly why it doesn't work out. Are the Samaritans afraid of being overwhelmed by the Jews who surround their land? Are they uncomfortable with these people of a, a different ethnicity who speak differently, who pray and worship differently? Luke doesn't go into it, does he? The Samaritans know where Jesus is heading, and that's enough for them. No go. Letting in this bunch of Jews would threaten their way of life, would threaten their identity, and they close the border. Now, thanks to a little intervention by Jesus, they are not consumed by fire, but they are clearly consumed with the desire to guard their space, their place, their national identity, their customs, their language, and that is understandable. They're proud, and they are afraid, and they are patriotic. But their patriotism, their pride in who they are, is slipping into nationalism, the arrogance of thinking who they are is better and purer or more entitled than everybody else. And so they set themselves off with borders and boundaries from these wandering souls who are just looking for a place to rest along the way, who are looking for a place of safety. Martin King saw this tendency in our own country in the late 60s. A nation drifting into a dangerous, arrogant exceptionalism. And so in his sermon, The Drum Major Instinct, he says this. Nations are caught up with the drum major instinct. I must be first. I must be supreme. And I'm sad to say, King says, that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit. And I'm going to continue to say it to America, he says, because I love this country too much to see the drift that it has taken. He goes on to preach. But God has a way of putting even nations in their place. The God that I worship has a way of saying, don't play with me. We heard this. God has a way of saying, as the God of the Old Testament used to say to the Hebrews, don't play with me, Israel. Don't play with me, Babylon. Be still and know that I am God. And if you don't stop your reckless course, I'll rise up and break the backbone of your power, says God. But King goes on to say, Jesus did something altogether different. He says to his disciples in substance, oh, I see you want to be first. You want to be great. Well, you ought to be. If you're going to be my disciple, you must be. Keep feeling the need to be first, but I want you to be first in love, as Lee just told us. I want you to be first in moral excellence. I want you to be first in generosity. That's what I want you to do. And King concludes with these words. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that the one who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. And that means that everybody can be great because everybody 
can serve. Now, Dr. King talked a lot about walls and boundaries and borders, but usually in the abstract. He spoke a lot about the metaphysical walls that surround us, that we put up to keep ourselves away from people who are not like us. He spoke about that a lot. But one time, in a little-known speech in East Berlin, he made two allusions to the Berlin Wall that was surrounding them at that time that had been built just three years earlier. And we can take these words in as we're able. He told those in East Germany, in East Berlin, for here on either side of the wall are God's children. And no man-made barrier can obliterate, easy for him to say, obliterate that fact. Wherever reconciliation is taking place, Wherever people are breaking down the dividing walls of hostility that separate them from their brothers and sisters, there Christ continues to perform his ministry. 